Welcome back to That's Interesting with Lilach and... And Yona. And no special guests this time, just the two of us. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed having Ron on the podcast with us last time. So this week I was invited by a friend of mine who is getting her master's in um, educational consulting, uh, so that you, to be like a madricha or a teacher that's like the mechanechet, right? So kind of, it's kind of an education degree, kind of a psychology degree. And they invited me to participate in their uh, practicum where they bring in a parent and talk about um, any dilemmas in parenting or, or chinuch, education. It's starting to be that hard thing where I can't remember what language I'm speaking. Okay, and so that was a very good experience, very interesting. And uh, one of the words that they mentioned that I learned was hatnaya, like tnai, al tnai. Um, on condition. So hatnaya is conditioning, like um, operant conditioning, where every time something happens, there's a real a result, therefore you are conditioning the child for whatever the desired outcome is, or not desired as well. Anyway, I just thought that was a cool one. What about you, Yona? Okay, well, a couple of interesting things I learned recently. Number one is the word darban. A word probably many of you have not heard of. What is a darban? So, it means something different in Biblical Hebrew as it does in Medical Hebrew, but it's a little related. Well, in Biblical Hebrew, a darban is the sharp part of a cattle prod. You know, if you, like, use a cattle prod and it's like a sharp part that you could, like, poke the cow with, that's a darban. Word is also used to refer to, like, the quill of a porcupine or a hedgehog. Um, this word is found in Shmuel Aleph, Parakud Gimel. Shaul is going to fight the police team. Meanwhile, at this time, the police team had enough power over the Israelites that they did not let any of the Jews do any of their own metal work. The Jews had to go to the police team to buy metals. This is so that the Jews wouldn't make any weapons. So the Jews, so the so can say how the Jews used to use rudimentary materials to make their own, um, either rudimentary farming stuff or weapons. And it says, basically, in Ulahatsiv um, Hadarban, and they use rudimentary materials to make their darban. And all the Mefarshim say that's the sharp part of a cattle prod. I'm well, just going to interrupt and tell you that I saw a real hedgehog. <laughs> Sorry, totally off topic right there, but I did in the bushes near the playground. <laughs> I'm going to put a picture in this for the episode. <laughs> Carry on. Well. <laughs> I've no when I saw that word and when reviewing Navi, I'm like, wait, I heard that word in my clinic and never really put together what the word is. So of course I go into Google and you know Darban is plantar fasciitis. You know, when you have that like pain in the sole of the foot and it's kinda like a sharpish pain, that's Darban. Plantar fasciitis or heel spur also. But basically they describe it as a Darban. So there you go. Cool word. Next cool thing, um, Sometimes procedures could be invasive or non-invasive. You decide whether or not you want to do the invasive procedure or the non-invasive procedure. The word for the invasive procedure is pulshani. pulshani. What in the world is that word from? Well, there is an Aramaic word, mefulash, which means a hole that goes through and through. This word's used in the Gemara describing a hole in certain mitzvah items, such as a hole in an etrog, a hole in a shofar, um... 
you know, what if what if it is a Nekev Mifulash, a hole that goes all the way through and through the etrog, or at least from the outside until where the seeds are, or a hole in the shofar, which is Mifulash, which goes from the outside to the inside, as opposed to, you know, like a little scratch, but doesn't go all the way through. So that is the word Mifulash, meaning a hole that goes through and through. And there you go, the word for um, anything invasive is Pulshani. So do they say low Pulshani? Non-invasive? Yes. Yeah. It's non-invasive. Cool. Well, last but not least, um, my little ones are learning the names for the fingers. Um, and <laughs> the names of the fingers have a lot of biblical significance. So I'm going to go through two of them. Number one is the middle finger. The middle finger is called an ama. Why is it called an ama? Because it's the finger used in measuring an ama. You know, lots of things in the Torah are a certain amount of amot. So if you hold your arm all the way up straight, the distance between your elbow and your middle finger, the tip of the middle finger, is called an ama. So the middle finger is the ama. But there you go, the ama is the distance between the elbow and the middle finger. Well, you have a machlok at modern postkin exactly how big an ama is. You know, is it like, you know, two feet, a little more than two feet, a little less than two feet? But again, it's a machlok because people's arms are slightly different sizes. Right. Like you could have a five-year-old or you could have Hagrid. <laughs> Be'amat ish with uh, Og's bed with a certain amount of amot. Be'amat ish. And Rashi says it's with Og's arm. Um, all right, well... That's Nama. The pinky is called a zeret. Why is the pinky called a zeret? Well, zeret happens to be a measurement too. The choshen, you know, the, the square thingy on the Kohen Gadol's uh, chest, which has the 12 stones on it, the choshen. The pasuk says that it is a zeret or kov, a zeret rachbo. So its le- length and width is a zeret. The zeret is not the length of the pinky, though. If you hold, if you basically stretch out all your fingers so that your hand is like, you know, a big open hand, you know, as you do to draw any of those turkey diagrams that they do around Thanksgiving time back in the United States, um, so your hand is all the way out, then the distance between the end of the pinky and the end of the thumb is a zeret. So that's a zeret, the distance between the thumb and the pinky of a totally outstretched hand. There's machloket, whether a zeret is half an ama or whether it is one third of an ama. Milach and I tested this out on ourselves, and it is basically between half and a third. Yeah. So there you go. Now you know why a zeret's called a zeret, why an amah is called an amah, and now you know exactly how long an amah and exactly how long a zeret is. Try it. Thanks for listening. We're so happy that you're with us. As long as you keep uh, enjoying and wanting to follow our journey with uh, Hebrew and Aliyah, we'll be recording. Have a good one, guys. Bye.